Okay, here we are again, going live for the third week in a row. All of us are adjusting as a church and a nation, and just thankful that we have the technology that we have today that we're able to worship the Lord online. And so if you are joining us, especially the New Life Church, I know some will watch tomorrow uh, morning, but uh, those that are on live right now, uh, I just want to say thank you for joining us, whether today or tomorrow. If you could just take a couple seconds out of your time and first of all, like our video here and share it if you would, so we can get this service out to as many people as we possibly can. I'm thankful for my church family, so thankful for those that are able to be with us here today. On the stage with me is Brother Bracota Smith and uh, his wife Ashley. I thank God for Bracota, Sister Ashley, and their family, and uh, been working with us for about a year and a half now in the ministry at the New Life Church. And uh, how long y'all been married? Told you I'd catch you off guard. How long? Almost five years. They make me feel real old. Sister Nicole and I have been married 18 years in August, but five years right here. They have two little boys that's at the church with us today. And uh, we got Sister Audra on the drums. She's helping us out today. So thankful for her and Brother Tim. Brother Tim's running the camera that you're all watching right now. And uh, just so thankful for their service and working in the kingdom of God. And then we got Hannah. So proud of Hannah and the work she's doing with our youth group. And not only in the youth group, but with our church family. So uh, these folks love to worship. I know you love to worship. So let us all right now together worship the Lord in the spirit of unity. So could you right now, let's just pray and let's all for God some praise as a church family today. Heavenly Father, I love you. I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. I thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy. God, I know that we are living in a day and time right now where people have gone mad. They've lost their mind. The devil is tormenting. No doubt I know that this coronavirus is real and some are sick. Some are fighting for their life right now. God, I pray for those who are sick in body that you would heal and that you would make whole. God, I pray for those right now whose anxiety is at an all-time high and maybe fear is dominating their mind. In the name of Jesus right now, we come against the attack of the enemy. God, we know that you are still in control and that your will will be done in our life, in our church, and in our country. So today, God, we just come to set a little bit of time aside to praise you and to thank you and to say, Lord, we're going to worship you in the good times and in the bad times. Here's my praise. Receive it. Pour out your power and your glory. And Lord, we'll forever give you the praise, the honor. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Sing right along with us today. Come on and worship the Lord. told you you're not strong enough to put up a good fight when he told you you're not worthy 
When he told you you're not loved, when he told you you're not beautiful, that you'll never be enough. Fear is a liar. He will take your breath, stop you in your steps. Fear is a liar. He will rob your rest, steal your happiness, cast your fear in the fire. Cause fear he is a liar. Just bear with us. Just continue to worship. Hallelujah. I'm doing my best for Jesus. That's what I'm doing. I want him to have the best of who I am. I want him to have the best of my praise. I want Jesus to receive the best of who I am. I want Jesus to be lifted up and magnified. I want the best for him because he gave the best for me. He gave it all for me. When he said that he was coming to the earth and he looked at his father and said, I'm going because I know that you want me to go. I'm going because they need me. I'm going because they need a savior. I'm going because they need my all. I'm going because they need a savior. I'm going because I can give them my all. That's what they need. That's what I desire, oh Father. Thank you for your sacrifice of myself. Thank you for sending me, Lord, to save our children. Thank you, Lord, for sending us to sending us to save our creation. He gave it his all. He gave it his best. He gave forth the effort of everything that he had. He gave every part of his being. He gave everything so that we could have life. And I refuse, I refuse, I refuse to let fear control whether or not I lift up my voice. I refuse to let fear control how much I praise Him. I refuse to let it control how I serve my Jesus. When He told you you're not good enough when he told you you're not right when he told you you're not strong enough to put up a good fight when he told you you're not worthy when he told you you're not loved when he told you you're not beautiful that you'll never be enough
Just keep your mind on the Lord with us. This team that we have right now, there's only a few of us that are able to meet together. Sister Ashley doesn't play the piano full time, but she stepped up to the plate and she's doing her best for the Lord and she's actually a great piano player. So the devil wants to discourage us right now. And I'm telling you, if we just give our all to God and we worship the Lord despite of, the power of the Holy Ghost will move right there in your home and on your family. So come on, let's just sing it. Amen. Let's give God the greatest praise that we know how. Lord, I love you. Lord, I praise you today. God, receive my worship. Receive my worship, Lord. Lord, I love you so much. And I thank you, is a liar you will rob your rest steal your happiness cast your fear in the fire cause fear he is a liar told you you were trouble you'll forever be alone when he told you you should run away that you'll never find a home when he told you you were dirty and that you should be ashamed when he told you you could be the one that grace could never change all oh, fear is a liar he will take your breath stop you in your steps fear is a liar he will rob your just lift your hands say we love nothing more than to come against what God's doing and I believe even in the midst even in the time where it seems like that everything is coming against us I believe that God is unifying his church and I believe that he's pulling us closer together just worship him with us because he's worthy
Jesus. Come on, somebody say it with me. Jesus. Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. Come on, do you believe that? There's power in the name of Jesus. When the devil attacks you, I've had people over the years say to me, Pastor, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to pray. I'll tell you this. When the devil creeps upon you and he attacks you, just say the name Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's a way out in the name of Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus. Come on, let the church just shout Jesus today.
Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the worship. God, I thank you for our worship team. Lord, I believe with all my heart you've received the worship. Now, God, we're going to preach your word. And I pray, Lord, that you would anoint us to speak what you've given us for this hour. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let me announce that next Sunday, next Sunday, Easter Sunday, we are going to do our best. It is the plan right now that we're going to have a drive-in Sunday. We're praying that the weather will be nice. And next Sunday, myself and our team that's here with us today, uh, we're going to lead the worship and just have Easter service. So we invite everyone that is part of our church family or lives in the Somerset area. If you're looking for a church to go to on Easter Sunday and you don't have a church, we're going to have drive-in Sunday. So we invite everyone uh, to just come in your cars. We got Brother Tim is working on something right now. You can turn on your radio station and hear the service from your car. And if the weather's not raining, you can roll down your windows and we're going to preach the word just like we would any other time. This has been a transition for us as a church family. And uh, again... I am who I am. Our church is who we are and who God has called us to be. The Lord has blessed the New Life Church over the years. And in the last couple years, we've seen growth. And I'm so thankful for the growth of the New Life Church. Our praise team, we're not all here today, you could see that. But our praise team, I remember a day in time when we had two people in our praise team. But right now, when the whole group's together... There's 10 of us that worships together as a praise team. And I thank God for each and every one of them. And uh, things are just going so great as it was for so many churches until this coronavirus hit. And I have no doubt in my mind the devil's sitting back laughing, uh, thinking that he's winning, thinking that he's stopping the church from going forward. Uh, but I'm here to tell you today the devil is a liar. And not only our church, but the church is going to go forward. And I believe with all of my heart, not just a cliche, but with all my heart, the best is yet to come for the New Life Church. I believe it. I was talking to a few of our church people earlier. I believe right now that the Lord is seeing what we're made out of. To see what, where we really stand spiritually. Where we really stand in our relationship with Christ. You're either for Him or you are against him. And I'm going to tell you this as best as I can. This is not the time for the church to back up. This is not the time for God's people to drift away. But now is the time for the church to come together in unity and to praise the Lord with everything that is in us. So I'm just thankful for what the Lord is doing and continuing to do at our church. We are who we are. I am who I am as a preacher. Someone told me a little while back, uh, Brother Doug, the church will never grow with younger people. Can you believe somebody say this to me? It will never grow with younger people or with middle-aged people with your preaching style. And I allowed that to enter my mind for a split second. I really did. And, uh, and then I started thinking, hey, if I try to change my style to be like everybody else, then I'm not authentic. I am 
who Christ has called me to be, and I'm going to preach the way that I've always preached, and that is what? Being led by the power of the Holy Ghost. And if you don't like me or like my style, that's a great thing, as we've got many churches with many styles. But this is our style at the New Life Church, and we believe in being authentic, and we want our worship team, they're authentic, and uh, that's what we promote here. So you're going to get an authentic sermon right now, and I'm going to be who God called me to be. And if I'm too loud, you, you have the power now. You just turn me down a little bit. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 21, please. Matthew chapter 21. And I want you to go down to verse number 9. And then after we read Matthew chapter 21 and verse 9, we're going to go over to Matthew chapter 27. I won't be too long this afternoon. The word of the Lord says in the 21st chapter of the book of Matthew and verse number 9, Then the multitude who went before and those who, those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Now just go over to the 27th chapter, Matthew chapter 27. And I want you to go down to verse 21. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 21. For the word of the Lord says in the 21st chapter, The governor answered and said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, What then shall I do with Jesus, who is called the Christ? They all said to him, Let him be crucified. Then the governor said, why? What evil has he done? But they cried out all the more saying, let him be crucified. Let him be crucified. One more time. Heavenly Father, I thank you again. I thank you for the anointing. I thank you for your power, your favor that is upon our church. I thank you, Lord, for our worship team that is here today leading us in worship. God, I pray that you would anoint them with a double portion of your power and courage and strengthen. God, as I preach your word today, I pray that your word would be received. Anoint me another time. Anoint our ears to hear what thus saith the Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, Amen. I'm going to preach for a few moments here today. Which crowd are you? Which crowd are you? Multitudes of Jews line the main street of Jerusalem leading to the temple gates. The city had swelled almost overnight from 100,000 to nearly 2 million. Every devoted Jew was returning to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. It was a time of rejoicing. They were coming together to commemorate that great day when the Lord smote the firstborn of Egypt and led His people out of bondage into the wilderness on their journey to the promised land. Jerusalem was God's promise fulfilled. It was their shining city on a hill. It was the center axis of their faith. 
It was the home of the Ark of the, Co the Covenant. Excuse me. A stone testimonial of all that God was and is and would become in their lives. This was a sacred journey. A holy journey. A consecrated journey. A hallowed journey to the place that united them in common faith. Or was it? Were all the Jews there for the same reason? Had all come to worship and bow down to the Creator of all? Apparently not. I'm certain there were some faithful Jews just like there are faithful Christians in 2020 who tried their best to separate themselves from the crazy commotion that was going on. And then there were those who came merely to pay their annual tithes to the host of scribes and Pharisees to put on a show of obedience, however resentful it made them feel. Some saw an opportunity to sell their wares in the marketplace to the massive crowd that was growing by the day. Some even dared to set up the merchant tables inside the temple's gates. And some were there merely for the show because they heard that this man named Jesus would be entering the city with his disciples. The man whom the Pharisees despised for his radical teaching. They heard that Jesus was there and that He was coming and that He's the one who turned water into wine. They heard He healed the lepers. You know the story. Every Bible reader knows the, the healing of the ten lepers whom Jesus healed. And, and one turned back to give Thanks. They heard how he had healed a man with a withered hand. They heard how he had healed a man who was born blind. They healed how he they heard how he healed the woman with the issue of blood. They heard how he walked on the sea of Galilee. They heard that just one week ago he raised Lazarus from the dead. And so there were mixed feelings among the crowd. Mixed feelings about organized religion. Mixed feelings about giving 10% of their earnings to the temple priests. Mixed feelings about Rome's foot on the neck of the Jews. All of them could justify their feelings, whatever they might be. Feelings have their rightful Place. How many would agree to that? Feelings have their rightful place in the life of faith. Feelings are what moves us, inspires us, motivates us, and encourages us. We are all human. And we will get our feelings hurt. So many of us are moved by our feelings. Believe it or not, Brother Doug can get his feelings hurt. There's times where my feelings get hurt just like yours. We are a people of feeling and emotion and, and feelings arouse the human element in us. They cause us to contemplate and reflect. So let us pause for a little reflection and discovery about our feelings. The Bible does not separate our feelings from our intellect. I've thought about that a lot this week. We tend to interpret 
The Bible's reference to mind as thinking and the heart as feeling. But the scriptures do not enforce this separation or opposition. According to Vine's dictionary, any reference to heart in the New Testament is defined as that which stands for a person's entire mental and moral activity, both the rational and the emotional elements. In the same dictionary, the mind is described as the seat of reflective consciousness, perception, understanding, feelings of judging and determining. In other words, thinking is not better than feeling and feeling is not better than thinking. The two are intertwined. The rational and the emotional work together to uncover the truth. If you agree with that, why don't you just type amen right there. Amen. As we're going live today, we humans have a comprehensive set of conjoining skills for interpreting the world and discovering truth. Don't believe me? Believe Jesus. He commanded us to use our God-given ability to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind. The crowd in Jerusalem used their heart, their soul, their strength, and their mind to come to the conclusion that the man riding into the city on a borrowed mule was the son of the living God. It was a rational deduction. Jesus had healed the sick and raised the dead. It was a logical conclusion. Jesus had walked on water and fed more than 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. It was an emotional assumption. The Jews had been waiting for for their Messiah for hundreds of years. This wasn't trickery or deception. This was Jesus coming into the holy city, his father's earthly tabernacle. All eyes were on him, and every man could see him as he was. Thus, a generation of Jews were exercising their spiritual common sense. I've got a word for someone that's listening to me right now mind, body, and spirit working in perfect harmony. How many is thankful for God, our Creator? There's too much evidence in this world, amen, that God was and is and always will be the Creator of the universe. He is my God, high and lifted up, sitting on the throne, and mind, body, and spirit work in perfect harmony. When they shouted Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Logic was telling them to crown him. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. Yes, didn't we hear about a revival in Samaria? Oh, that this man met this woman at the well. And she told, and Jesus told her everything about herself. Here was this woman who was discouraged. Here was this woman who, no doubt in her mind, she was a failure. She failed time and time again. And yet she had an encounter with Jesus. And Jesus turned her life completely around. So logic was telling them they heard all the stories, they witnessed the revival. In 
in Samaria. They heard how he calmed the storms of life. Logic told them, crown him. Common sense was telling them, crown him. Passion was telling them, crown him. Crown him, king of the Jews, the son of the most high God. Oh, I'm starting to feel good, by the way. Now fast forward a week to the rest of the at the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus, the King of the Jews, is dragged before the high priest and the Sanhedrin council who calls him a blasphemer, a blasphemer. Then he's dragged to Pontius Pilate who fears a Jewish uprising. Think about it. Pilate passes the king off to Herod who fears Jesus and wants no part in the condemnation. Back to Pontius Pilate. Jesus goes to hear the final verdict. They had rushed him from one illegal trial to another. They spit. I want you to really hear this. I'm not here today just to pass time. Myself and my team didn't come here today. Amen. Just because we felt like we had to. We come to this house today. Amen. Because there is a fire that is burning on the inside of us. And we want to share Jesus with you. And we want to share Jesus with your family. Here he is. He comes. Jesus that is. To hear the final verdict. Pilate washes his hands of the matter. And leaves the fate of the Son of God to the Jerusalem crowd. Here's the message this morning. Which crowd are you? Which crowd are you today? Oh, Pilate didn't want nothing to do with it. He passed it off. He said, you're going to have to make a decision for yourself. For yourself. The Jerusalem crowd, it's time for you to make a decision. This is not the same crowd. I want you to understand this point right here. This is not the same crowd that shouted, Hosanna to the Most High God. This is the other crowd. The crowd that never took the time to get to know Jesus. And I want you to know uh, there are many people alive today that call themselves a Christian. They look the part. I'm not trying to throw off on anyone today. Amen. They look the part. They dress the part. Amen. They say that they know Jesus. They say that they live for Jesus. But in all reality, amen, they have no relationship with Jesus. How do you know it? I know it by their lack of faith. I know it by the way they talk about their brothers and their sisters. I know it by the way that they treat one another. Here it is. It's the other crowd that never took the time to get to know Jesus. Oh, they only knew Barabbas, the troublemaker. Oh, Lord, help us to have a revelation today. Every hearer of this word, they only knew Barabbas, the troublemaker. Barabbas, the revolutionary. Barabbas, the thug and common criminal, Barabbas, the leader of their revolt against Rome. And it amazes me that even today, we have young people and older people who are looking to follow the rebels, those that are leading the revolt against Christianity and against righteousness and against the things of God. Oh, give me Barabbas. Give me Barabbas, the leader of our revolt against Rome. Yes, this is the other crowd. 
crowd, the crowd that had no desire to crown Jesus. This wasn't the crowd that wanted to go to heaven. This wasn't the crowd that wanted to impress the high priest. This wasn't the crowd that felt the need for repentance. This wasn't the Sunday go to worship crowd. No, my friend, it was the other crowd, the crowd some people today still hang with, a crowd of mockers, a crowd that says that word right there, it's for old fogies. That word is outdated. That word, oh, it's not alive with power from my family today. Listen to me. I'm not willing to follow a crowd of mockers and a crowd of liars and a crowd of blasphemers. Oh, no. Cowardly Pilate could have saved the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Oh, but I'm not too discouraged. God made his cowardice a prophetic part of his divine plan. According to Isaiah chapter 53, the word of the Lord says, he despised and rejected of men. Yes, he was. He was despised. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him he was despised and we esteemed him not this crowd didn't cry crown him this crowd I'm talking about today cried crucify him imagine the scene with me as I get ready to bring it home here they are standing before this crowd that had packed into the city over two million people at this point and here they are on one day Jesus is standing before them and Barabbas is standing before them oh yes which crowd are you what crowd come on think about it I know there's only a few of us here today but answer that question I believe I know what crowd you all are in amen or you wouldn't have risked it to come out and help us lead worship today amen but even at that we've got to ask ourselves some real questions what crowd are you in what crowd are you and your family in oh yes some said give us Barabbas are you in the give us Barabbas crowd or are you in the just give me Jesus crowd if you repented of your sins and called on Jesus you're in the give me Jesus crowd but if you're straddling the fence hear this preacher I believe there ought to be a cry of repentance crying out from the pulpit all across this nation our world and the church in general we have gotten too comfortable coming to our Sunday meetings and we packed into this church Sunday after Sunday and we've come into the house of God some have come out of routine and some have come out of tradition they come to make their wife happy they come to make mama and daddy happy but the reality is some of them are straddling the fence and they are in the Barabbas crowd compromising with sin then you are in the crucify him crowd there is no middle ground on which to stand temporary safe zone no happy medium you are either for or against Christ Elisha would ask how long halt ye between two opinions if God be God serve him if Baal be God then serve him there are still two crowds converging on this palm 
come Sunday. Which crowd are you? Which crowd are you? Are you the kill him crowd? Come help me if you would on the music. Are you the kill him crowd? Or are you in the worship him crowd? This is crowning Sunday. We who love the Lord have come to worship him. And that's what we're trying to do here this afternoon. We didn't come to put on a show. We didn't come to entertain you. But we come on this Palm Sunday weekend to love on Jesus, to worship Jesus. He who knows the value of forgiveness comes to figuratively cast our palms at His feet. The crying crowd is still. Listen to me today. There is the crucifying crowd out there as I speak and they are still crying for Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. Take your Jesus, but give me Barabbas. Take your Jesus, but give me abortion. Take your Jesus, but give me pride. Take your Jesus, but I'll take a lying tongue. Take your Jesus, but give me Barabbas. Ah, listen to me. Give me Barabbas. Give me Barabbas. Give me the party. Give me lust. Oh, give me all the fame. Oh, yes, but there is another crowd who says the crowd of Barabbas has brought you nothing but disaster and destruction and heartache and hurt feelings and pain. Leave that crowd today and come to Jesus and make him Lord of your life. What are you saying, Pastor Doug? Which crowd are you? The give me Jesus crowd, the one who fills me with unspeakable joy. Give me Jesus, the one, oh yes, who showers us with his love. Give me Jesus, the one who amazes us with his grace. I say today, just give me Jesus. Give me Jesus today. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. What an adjustment. I hope some of you are shouting there at your service. Some people say, preacher, the young people don't shout and get with you. I don't believe that because I've seen you worship. And Hannah, you're on fire for God. You are. And I tell you all the time, the devil wants to do everything he can to extinguish that fire. Because he knows that you're going to make a difference in this generation. Sister Ashley, you're anointed. And the devil's going to do everything he can to discourage you. Brakota, as you're leading your family in 2020, the devil, the enemy of our soul, he comes against us with everything he can. But we are in an hour right now where the church of Jesus Christ has got to rise up and shout with a loud voice, Give me Jesus! Give me Jesus! I've been the way of Barabbas. I've went that way. I've went with a crowd of followers. And all it did was bring confusion. All it brought me was heartache. Pain. Give me Jesus. In the year 2000 in Cleveland, Ohio, as I was running from the call of the ministry, And living a life of rebellion against Christ. Every morning I basically woke up 
and cried, Give me Barabbas. Give me Barabbas. As I took another drink of alcohol at 19 years old to start off another day, I watched that life that I was living where so many of my friends were murdered before they were even 18 years old. Other friends that I grew up with from kindergarten on are in prison for the rest of their life. I had an opportunity to be a witness and a testimony to them. And instead of being a leader, I cried out with the crowd, Give me Barabbas! I want to live my life. And I want to have fun. But I'm going to tell you, the fun of sin only lasts for a season. It will not be long until it burns you, kills you, steals from you, and destroys from you. I have no doubt there's someone listening to this message right now. You have a choice to make. Amen. One sense, you love the Lord. Amen. You love coming to church. But there's another part of you that's not wholeheartedly committed to the things of God and His Word. I'm telling you, if that's you, you're in the Barabbas crowd this morning. You have a decision to make. Either give me Jesus or give me Barabbas. Give me Jesus, the one who died for my sins. Or give me Barabbas, the spirit that's trying to drag my family to hell and laugh at us as we go. Which crowd are you? Our worship team's getting ready to lead us in song. And I want you to know they are singing the praises of God with their whole heart today because they made a decision. Give me Jesus. Come on, it's Palm Sunday. It's Palm Sunday weekend. Is there anyone today that will lay your worship at the feet of Jesus? Is there anyone today that will lay your fear at the feet of Jesus? Is there anyone today that will say, Lord, I shall not be moved. I shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of the water. I shall not be moved. I've come to live for you. I've come to worship you. I've come to praise you. Come on, if you're listening to me today and you're not saved, Saved, I want you to pray this prayer. Repeat this prayer with me. Hear me right now. Jesus, forgive me for all of my sins. I lay down my life. I receive new life. In Jesus' name I pray. Now I want you to say, Give me Jesus. Go ahead. There's nothing worth more Or that will ever come close No thing can compare Cause you're our living hope It's your presence, Lord And I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone and it's your presence 
so thankful so thankful that you watched online with us today there is somebody's taking care of our online comments right now sister latrina i believe is and she's sharing a link right now if you feel like you can give during this time there is a way to give online if you'd like to and i'm still here at the church through the week if you want to come by and pray there's no more than 10 of us and we practice social distancing so don't nobody hate on us out there but the church is always open for prayer through the week and uh, so you're welcome to come by let me pray as we get ready to close the service out father again i thank you god i pray right now that in the midst of turmoil anxiety hysteria that's going on father we pray this prayer today that we pray over our service every week because we believe it enlarge our coast Bless us. Keep us from evil. That evil may never touch us or come nigh our dwelling. Father, I thank you for all that you do in the church. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to bless this house, this congregation to grow. God, every pastor that's watching right now, I pray, Lord, that you would bless their churches and their church family. 
God, the pastors and the men and women you placed in my life. I pray right now for Pastor Jamie and his family. Pastor John, his family. Jamie and John and Mike and Brother Joey and Garrett and Joe and Misty. Patrick, Katie, Randy, Patsy, Tim. Glory, God. Lord, all of those that you've placed in my life to help lead. God, Brother Paget over in Middlesbrough. Thank you for the opportunity of working with him for a couple years. God, all of our leaders in the New Life Church, the families of our church, bless them. Surround them with your supernatural hedge of protection. Brother Rick Massingill up in Monroe, Michigan, been one of my heroes for many years. Right now we cry out, God, heal and make whole. Protect this church body as we go forward in faith and courage. In Jesus' name I pray. Good day. God bless you. Enjoy this beautiful Saturday with your family if you're able to. God bless.